Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Messy Walk Podcast. We're on the podcast of the rookie pastor at Matt, myself, asking the veteran pastor, Adam, all of these. I'm here. Yes. I'm the veteran. <laughs> it makes me sound old when you say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You have a lot of gray hair, too. Don't, yeah. don't be joking. They Just because they can't see you on here doesn't mean. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm young. <laughs> yeah, new series. We're in, this is the third one? Yes, the third, third one. Yeah. Um, questions from a rookie pastor to a, to a veteran pastor, basically. Mm-hmm. Um and we've hit quite a few. This is episode 98, 98 third in the series. Yes. That means we only got two more episodes until we hit 100. That's exciting. That's crazy. I need to be here for this, too. That's crazy. Yes, you are, because <laughs> well, we're going to be in this for a while. What an honor. Because <laughs> this series alone, this this whole questions from a rookie pastor to a veteran pastor, and by the way, that means any leader at all, and it doesn't have to be inside the church. Okay, yes. So if you listen to this, you're going, I'm not a pastor. It still applies, um, especially if, if you're in any sort of – ministry role at all and i don't care if that just means serving and you're not leading anything or if you're a leader in your business or whatever i mean this this applies completely to everybody um i believe but anyway we're going to be in this thing for i think you've got 12 total questions right so today is the third one let's recap the last uh the last two. So what was the first question? First one was, how many times have you ever wanted to quit ministry? How many times you wanted to quit? That was episode one of this. That would have mm-hmm. been 96? Yes. Yes. So if you want to go back and listen, 96, the answer to that question is, how many times have I wanted to quit? Um, about 4 million or so, maybe give or take <laughs> five. <laughs> so, you know, 4 million and 12, something like that, uh, virtually every Monday, no, in all seriousness, look, do not do not be fooled by this ever, no matter what level you're at. In any organization, all leaders, all pastors have wanted to quit at some point in time, and actually quite frequently. Yes. Like, don't be fooled by it. It's everybody. Um, so quite a few. And then the second question, which was episode 97. Yes. Do you regret regret any of the ministry moves you've made? Yes. Do I regret any of the ministry moves that I made? And I, we said that I have lots of regrets. Regrets. Yeah, you had me tongue-tied when I was going to read regrets. Like, I have lots of regrets. Um, and I gave several of them. Um, you can go back and check out. The, that was just the last episode. Um, I, I, I really liked that. I, I really enjoyed doing that episode. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, and me and Matt both thought was like, wow, that that was good for us yeah, individually. It was, it was really good for me to share those things personally. Um, it's pretty honest. It's pretty transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I even talk about putting my regret and putting my family second. I even admit that I put my family second mm-hmm. um, to the church. Um, so anyway, that was that one. Sorry. So today, episode 98. Yeah. I never get these things yep, right. That's it. Episode 98, <laughs> uh, number three. And your third question, rookie Matt with the gray hair is... <laughs> hey, and red beard. So red not, beard and gray hair. I'm only gray maybe for certain reasons. I don't know. <laughs> I need to work on it. Um, this one is one you're going to love today. It is, what's your biggest... I mean, what's been your secret to avoid falling? What's been my secret to avoid falling? Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot with this one. <laughs> All right. So let's set that up by talking through the fact. What do we mean by we mean falling, right? By falling, yes. we mean um, moral failure is mm-hmm. what we're getting at here. Is that what you're getting at? Yes, moral yeah. failure. Moral failure. Um, 
man. Uh, Avoiding temptations. Yeah, there, there's been because obviously we know that there's all kinds of like when I answer this question, I'm, there's no like pretense that I haven't failed mm-hmm. or screwed up or sinned or anything like that because I definitely have. The question is, is how have we how's, how have I avoided that being a total moral failure catastrophe? Yeah, right. Um, and unfortunately, you know, uh, this question is quite timely because we all know pastors that we've admired and looked up to and read their mm-hmm. books and watched their messages and um, all kinds of stuff who have failed, who have had significant moral failures, yes. you know, um, sexual related things, money related things, mm-hmm. child abuse related things, yes. um, cover ups, you know, uh, power trips and things that have caused these big things. I mean, you know, this question is coming on the heels of the Hillsong documentary mm-hmm. that was just out recently and that expose and all that stuff going on with Hillsong, which breaks yeah. my heart. Yeah, it does me too. It was rough um, to watch. Breaks my heart. You know, I said I wouldn't watch it. I really did. I, when it came out and I thought, I need to pay attention to this regardless. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to watch something and take everything that comes out of it as cold hard truth right yeah i think we're in a day and time now where we watch a video on something we think we're an expert and we think that the video just because somebody made a video that it's exactly right yeah but regardless there's some significant things in there that are undeniable mm-hmm. um and then you can read further and you can follow different sources and stuff and it's just sad um all around well you can watch that too and say how in the world they can how in the world did they do that? Yeah. But then when you start to really narrow it down, you're like, Well, I can see how that easily slipped up. Things easily happen, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I'm not justifying any of it. Yeah. I think it's all atrocious. But uh you know if you're anybody who's leading anything knows that if you don't set the right culture and the right tone and the right accountability and the right systems in place and all those things that you know you could be susceptible to certain things um, or set up a situation where things could happen under your watch that you didn't mean to. And then you're stuck with, do we come out with the truth or do we cover it up? And you all of a sudden become a liar too and mm-hmm. a cover up, you know, because you failed to manage certain things to prevent them. But then you also decided to cover it up instead of be honest. I mean, you know, yeah. like, let's just be real. It, you Stuff like that can happen very easily and it's unfortunate. And then, you know, you have people who are absolutely victims um, and then distrust is creating God. So we all know lots of people. I mean, I, I can name so many pastors who we would call, I don't like the word famous, but what I mean by that is, is that lots of people know who they yeah. are, right? Mm-hmm. But then also, um, we know people that nobody would know who they are except for a local context yep. um, that we've known personally or that live around us that have fallen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunate too. And that hits close to home, you know. Um, I've had some friends in the ministry who have had a moral failure that was significant and caused them to fall and come almost completely destroyed. In some cases, did destroy their family, and in some cases, destroyed their church, and in some cases, destroyed their ministry altogether. Still to this day, um, I've had a couple of people that I would call mentors. That this happened to mm-hmm. as well. Um, as a matter of fact, my very first mentor ever, who is the person who got me into full-time ministry to begin with, um, who saw something in me and as a young punk, I mean, <laughs> just just young punk, green guy, 
threw me right into a ministry role and uh i loved him and he taught me more about leadership than any other human being on this earth right like mm-hmm. you got to go to jesus and the gospels and the <laughs> peter and paul and those kind of things to find somebody who taught me more about leadership um and underneath there was some significant things that happened and uh it all came tumbling down and i was there when it came tumbling down mm-hmm. um you know so i've had people that are very close to me too not just not just people that you know you know, in the local community. Um, so it's very tough. It's hard to talk about this. And so it's always been a, it's always been a fear, Matt. It's always been a fear. It's always been a fear of, I don't want to become that person. I don't want to, um, you know, to, to do something that causes this all to fall down and crash or to hurt or to hurt anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to become, somebody that I don't want to be, you know, yeah. that the guy doesn't want me to be. And so it's always been this fear there. Um, I probably, I would probably say like my two biggest fears in ministry. I hope this is not one of the questions that we're going to answer too early, <laughs> but we'll just say it again. Um, my two biggest fears in ministry have been, um, that my children will not love God, will not love Christ, would not love, um, his church. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that that's a fear, yeah. That's, and then the other one has been that I would become somebody that God didn't want me to be, you mm-hmm. know. And um, and obviously, I'm talking about you know being morally corrupt. Yeah. Um, that's always been those fears that you worry about. And so, so if I had to have a, if I had to say what's my secret, you know, what's the secret weapon to not having one of those in the last 23 years, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I have and I have failed. I've done some things. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I. You know, there's sin in everybody's life and everybody yes. struggles and my marriage is not perfect um, by any means. My family is not perfect. My temper is not perfect. <laughs> my, You know what I'm saying? My, mm-hmm. my personal money management has not always been great. You know what yeah. I mean? I can just give you a whole list if we're just being real, you yeah. know. Um, Makes sense. But if I had to pick one thing that would be the secret to not having a moral failure so far, it would be this desperate uh, need or, or needs the wrong way that this this desperate um, calling from God and urging of the Spirit to be as transparent as possible mm-hmm. and as authentic as possible. Yes, like to to even push the edge where sometimes I'm too transparent and too authentic in the wrong circles. Yeah. Um, to keep from having something happen where you become a fake person yeah. and it builds, you know, starts to build a lie or whatever. So the, the, I mean, that's part of the, that's part of what we do in this podcast, right? I mean, if you, if you listen to this podcast more than this episode, then you'll know that me being transparent with you, like I'm being right now is who I try to be all the time. That's good. Right. So I'm constantly trying to say what's really going on, right? You will never, ever hear Adam Cook preach a message talking about an issue where he doesn't tell you his own struggles with that issue, right? Mm-hmm. Never going to come from a standpoint where I'm going to say, hey, here's how I've won this battle, and you can follow these steps and win this battle too, <laughs> yeah. right? It's always, hey, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I've struggled with this in the past. Here's where I may have found victory in it in some ways, but here's how I'm still struggling with it now, right? Mm-hmm. There's a realness to that. Um, we're in the middle of a teaching series right now where we're teaching through um, – it's called the me I want to be, right? Mm-hmm. And we're teaching through what a mature Christian really looks like. And so 
how you can break that down. And the way we do that at Union is we've said, well, there's these five pieces um, that you can slice. You can slice a mature follower of Jesus into five pieces. And within those pieces, there's certain things that we're doing that are causing us to be mature in those areas. And the one we just covered last week um, is all about personal fellowship. It's all about connecting with other believers um, and connecting, you know, discipling people directly, having them disciple you, connecting in a small group, um, having people mentor you, those kind of things, right? And I mean, I led right off the bat was of this is this is the part of the pie that Adam Cook struggles with. Like yep. out of all, I mean, there's, and I struggle with multiple pieces in all parts of the pie, right? But here's the one where, you know, I'm immature in. I struggle mm-hmm. hardcore with this, and so the the and I, I don't. This has not been me doing this on my own. I'm telling you, like like I did not set out and go. You know, the way I'm going to keep from falling is. The way I'm going to not be Hillsong or the way I'm not going to be Jimmy Swagger or the way that I'm not going to be this is I'm going to be transparent and authentic. It's not been that. It's been this like urging of the spirit. Be transparent. Be authentic. Be yes. real. You know what I mean? Because the enemy wants you not to be that way. Yeah. And so I have to fight that. The enemy's constantly going, you know, don't be yourself. Don't, don't do that. The people won't listen to you. People won't like you. You know, mm-hmm. people won't do this. Real pastors don't do that. Don't be yourself. Just fudge this here. Just lie this here. Just pretend this here. You know, so much so that that like I I used to worry about my accent. Oh my gosh! Right? I used to worry about the fact that I te- that I talk like a like a country bumpkin from Caswell County, North Carolina, because I am a country bumpkin from Caswell <laughs> County, North Carolina. Like, I just worry about that. You know, I just worry about talking like that. Nobody's going to take you seriously because you got this mm-hmm. accent. Nobody's going to think you're smart because you got this accent. So yeah. try not to do that. And then one day, I don't know, it's just one of those things where you just feel the spirit urging you. I, I remember this very clearly. One day, because um, I was at a church in Durham, and one of the, my leaders there at that church in Durham was not a very nice guy, I'll just be blunt, and uh, – he told me one time, he was like, you need to change your accent. Oh, my gosh. Because we were in Durham. You know, like like it's some big town. It ain't even that far away from Cows. By the way, uh, those counties butt up together almost. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so, That's crazy. Um, and it was like, you need to change your accent. You sound too country. Nobody's going to take you seriously. And I mean, I, it, it bothered me. And I, so I, mm-hmm. I remember I, I remember teaching a message, and I, I talked differently. I tried to. I'm going to try to do oh it right now. Gosh, I, do I it. couldn't do it. I tried to talk um, without that accent. And you know what I mean? Like, I literally tried to. And, uh, and I mean, one day it was just this freeing thing where I don't even know what was happening. I remember where I was. Mm-hmm. I was in the car. I was pulled over on the side of the road, and I was really bothered by this whole thing. And I don't remember exactly what God said or how the Spirit said it, but I just had this thing of like, you know what? I am who I am. I came from where I came from. God knew that, and he put me there. And, and you know, there's an appointed time, an appointed place for everybody and everything. And mine mm-hmm. was here, and mine was now, right? And so I did come from Caswell County. My daddy is a tire builder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we did hunt and fish. I can clean any animal you throw at me <laughs> in a matter of seconds. Um, you know, I do know how to sane ponds and, and you know, all kinds of stuff. All you know what I mean? Like I can mm-hmm. drive a tractor, and you know what I mean? Like I just, yes. I get, that was me. It was my life. And so, by golly, I'm just going to be me, the me that God wants me to be in the experiences that he's created. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, forget it. And I never told him that. But I remember going back, and I had to preach a message. Um, I was a youth pastor at the time. I ended up preaching a message on the main stage for the adults. 
and I went as I went as Adam Cook, Caswell County as I could go. <laughs> That's you know great. what I mean? That's awesome. And I remember people afterward going, "Man, we just really really like you just being who you are." Yeah. You know, it was just a confirmation. Well, so, when you're raw and that anointing's on you, yeah, you know, God's going to use it. It's just one of them things where you go, I, "This is who I am," and, and it's not about me anyway. Nobody listen. Anybody mm-hmm. coming to hear me? No. You know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to remember that. You tell yourself yes. that. Ain't nobody coming to hear yeah, you. You got to remove yourself from that pedestal. Ain't nobody walking <laughs> in that building to hear you, right? <laughs> like that ain't what it is. And God don't even need you, right? He wants to use you, and so just let Him use you the way He's made you to be, and and just roll with it. Mm-hmm. He knows what He's doing. They, they, those are those those are His people. They're not yes. yours. You yes. know what I mean? Like these people that we reach here and in, in for Union Church and in the people in the pocket. These ain't my people. They're God's people. Yes. And he knows who he wants to speak and who, who who needs to say what and what accent they need to use when they <laughs> yeah. do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. he's got this. For sure. So um, it, it's just, it wasn't me doing it. it. It It's never been me going, this is a goal. I must be transparent and authentic. It's the spirit. It's just this, it's just this desperate urge from the Holy Spirit to go, you keep this in check. You make sure that you're transparent and you're authentic and this moral failure stuff not gonna happen. Yes. Um, and so, uh, there is. I'm gonna tie this in together. This this episode may not make <laughs> yeah. sense, but I'm gonna tie this in together. So I would say transparency and authenticity for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Just being who you really are, and I'll, this is gonna make sense in a minute. And then tie that into listen to what your wife says. Oh yeah, that's good. Like listen to what your wife says. Whatever she says. And now. Believe me, when she hears this episode, she's going to be mad at me because she's going to be like, you're going to be up there telling everybody you're transparent, authentic, listen to what your wife says. You'll never listen to what I say, right? Um, but I do. It just may take some time sometimes. Or, or we listen when they don't think we're yeah. listening. It may take some time, though. Like, I may do it and listen to her, but, it, you know, it's five years later. But you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I may I still do, do it. I- um, <laughs> but but no, do- no joke. Um, she speaks into every area of my life, whatever she says. You know, mm-hmm. she speaks into it. It's, it's what's got to happen. And, um, and and so this is how this transparency thing also came about. Um, I remember one time I was getting on an airplane. Union Church was a year old. So a year old, I don't know, 80 people. And she hands me a book. And it is Mark Batterson's The Circle Maker, which, by the way, has been a humongous book for our church. And I would push everybody to read it. It is phenomenal. It's a book about praying big, bold prayers to a big, bold God and circling those prayers. And so, by the way, that's been huge for our church. We do prayer walks where we circle the area because of that book. Right? That's awesome. Um, me and Valerie have walked prayer circles around things together because mm-hmm. of that book, right? Um, consistency consistency, and boldness in prayers before God. Anyway, so she hands me this book. I get on the airplane, and I throw the book to the side. I'm like, I ain't reading that. You know, I can get to that whenever, you know, and she messages me plane lands. It's a connection flight. I get off. I go, you know, get something to eat. She texts me in between. She goes, did you read the book? And I'm like, no, honey, I ain't read the book yet. I will. Right. And I'm like, no intention to read the book. So I get on the plane, fly further. I throw the book aside. Right. I was working or something, you know, or sleeping mm-hmm. or trying to avoid to talking to the person beside you who won't stop talking <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> Later on, we'll have to share your uh, on the podcast. We'll share your plane story that just oh, yeah. happened because <laughs> Matt just flew on a plane for the first time, um, and it was really weird. But not right now. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> you have to figure out how how could we could tell that story without being able to see? Us. How could we share it 
audio wise. I don't know yeah, how we could. Um, anyway, um, so I get off the plane, you know, where I'm going to be, text me again. Did you read that book on the next flight? And then I was just like, no, honey, I'm, I'm not into that book. I, you know, I'm, it's not going to be something I'm going to read right now. I'll read it later. And she was like, oh, or whatever. You need to, you know. <laughs> and then a year goes by, and I finally read that book. And I read that book. I feel like God is speaking directly to me through that book that was suggested by my wife. Um so fast forward about two more years later, maybe three more years later, and uh, church has grown a lot. Things have changed. Things are different. I'm a few years older, you know, and Valerie gives me another book. I'm getting ready to get on a plane. She gives me another book. Mm. And I could feel the Holy Spirit saying, do what your wife says, yep. right? And so um, she hands me this book, and this time I decide to read it, mm. right? So yes, ma'am, I'm going to read it. And this has happened multiple times in my life now. So now I know when Valerie Cook hands me a book and says, read it, I am going to read it almost immediately because yes. it is a direct word from God, mm-hmm. right? And so I crack open this book, and this book is called, we'll throw it on the podcast on the Facebook stuff so you can see it. This book is called Survivor Thrive by Jimmy Dodd, um, Survivor Thrive, Six Relationships Every Pastor Needs. Um, and it goes through these six primary relationships that every pastor's got to have if you're going to succeed, not in worldly success or attendance success, but in the not getting a moral failure success, which is way more important, by the way. (laughs) Um, And so it it was like a word from God. It spoke Mm -hmm. directly to this transparency, authenticity piece of this is how you keep yourself healthy and fit for ministry. Doesn't mean you're not going to sin. Doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. But how do you keep from just straight up sabotaging who God, what God has for you, um, what he has you doing, the family he has you leading, the church he has you leading, whatever it is. And so um, the book starts off by, and I would recommend it to anybody. I don't care whether you're a pastor or not. I have given this book out to a lot of people. Yeah. And most of them are none of them maybe you did i give you one yeah, you gave me you're one. the only one i gave one to who's a pastor right <laughs> everybody else is just a is 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 a regular old person school teachers or whatever they may yeah. serve in the church but you know um i don't care what's pastor or not um because it goes through these relationships but the book opens with this concept of um front stage and backstage person now I'll give you a little history Jimmy Dodd's crew, what they have done for years and years, which is how they developed what they wrote in this book, is they um, they work with pastors and the church together and separately when there has been a major moral failure on part mm-hmm. of the pastor. Right, and yeah. So they work with the pastor and or the church on how to walk through reconciliation, on how to heal, on also how to separate, whatever that looks like. That would right? be a tough job. That's what I said. I was yeah, like, I don't want to do that job. Mm-mm. My job don't sound so bad no more. I mean, listen to that. That's cleaning um, up a mess. Oh, my gosh. And as a pastor, you experience enough of this with mm. people individually anyway. I was like, I don't want to do, go in every day knowing this is going to be my day. But, you know, it. people are called to stuff like yes, that. You know? that's true. I'm just kind of glad I ain't called to that. Yeah, me, amen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so that's what they do. This is where this has all come from. And so they basically are telling you if, if – out of all of our vast experience with these moral failures, here's where it's going to happen. Mm. And where it's going to happen is um, they go into where your front stage 
there begins to be a gap between who you are on the front of the stage or in the pulpit, if you want to use those words, and who you are on the back of the stage mm. um, or who you are off the pulpit. And when that gap widens, moral failure is going to happen. Yes. And what causes that gap to widen is missing these relationships, these key relationships that create accountability and natural transparency and authenticity. And so who are you on the front of the stage and who you are on the back of the stage and do those things match up, right? Mm -hmm. So are you somebody who's up there teaching the word of God about these things and then backstage you aren't doing any of that? Are you somebody who comes across very kind and gentle on the front of the stage and backstage you're really just a jerk, yeah. right? Or, or whatever it may be. And if there's a gap there, then there's going to be a problem. And yes. so um, that spoke to me greatly. And it was just yet another confirmation of this idea of transparency authenticity is going to transparency and authenticity is going to be the key here to not having a moral failure. That is yeah. my secret. That is the secret. That ain't my secret. That is the secret. Um, and so my goal is is to that the that who I am on front of stage, which means preaching a message, leading a class online, on a podcast, mm-hmm. all those things, is the same person that I'm going to be. Off the podcast, right? Um, in a in a meeting one on one with my family at a ball game, grocery shopping, same person, right? That that that's the goal, yeah. and and keeping that is that gap, not letting it narrow, because it because the enemy wants to make it narrow. The enemy wants you to go, well, you know that. The church needs to hear about this. You don't do this well. You're struggling in this. There's secrets in here, but that's okay. Don't tell anybody just because yeah. you need to still preach it, right? Um, or, you know, you should teach on humility and pridefulness, but then you get off, you get out of teaching on that, and the enemy says, you deserve to be treated well as a pastor. You yes. deserve to be revered, and, you know, they should love you and care for you, and, you know, and then you end up being a diva, right? Mm-hmm. So you're up there preaching about, being selfless in Jesus, right? That it ain't about you. You're up there preaching about Jesus being the chief servant and choosing not to, I mean, think about this, not to um, uh, use his authority in God and who he is as God and hold it over people's heads, but instead to lay it down. You're up there teaching on that, and then you end up finding yourself backstage, the enemy going, you're the pastor. You deserve respect right mm-hmm. and you know and then you got this gap of well i'm supposed to be like jesus jesus is laying down all that crap jesus is not using any of that he's not using who he is in god over anybody matter of fact he's getting underneath us mm-hmm. so the king we i mean we believe as christ followers that the name above all names yeah. like the lord of all lords submits himself underneath humanity right yeah, that's crazy and then yet we are going to expect a position of authority and power and respect and all those kind of things, you know? And so the enemy will set it up for you to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's enticing. Yes. And so that that gap can grow easily of who you are front versus who you are backstage. Um, and when that happens, man, you're in trouble. And that, that's been the goal the whole time was like, like I don't, I, I don't want that to happen at all. Um, and I'm looking through the book right now. Um, like, here's a here's a quote, real quick. All right. In the case of the church, the front stage is what the congregation perceives on Sunday morning. Right. We hope they see 
an organized, healthy, vibrant church led by competent, gifted, unified individuals. Mm. Meanwhile, in reality, the backstay of a church can be a place of chaos, conflict, miscommunication, personal agendas, where staff struggle with the same mundane sins that plague the average believer. The backstage can be filled with contentious ministry meetings, argumentative staff gatherings, and combative board meetings, right? That there's a front stage and a backstage, right? Yep. And we know that some of those tensions exist, but the key is is to be real. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the key. And so if we are if we are transparent and authentic in who we are, that means that we're not on stage, we're not this perfectly polished person, right? Um, because that's not who we really are, yeah. you know? If we can, if we can focus in on that, man, that that takes the, it, it almost takes the fuel that the enemy has to light the fire of a moral failure away. Yeah, yeah even when you were talking about being transparent out loud with your church, I think another way, which I which I've heard you do plenty of times, praying, is in your transparency to be transparent with the Holy Spirit in your weak areas. Absolutely. Because if you can admit those out loud to a congregation, but then in a more intimate way, admit those things to the Holy Spirit. Then, Absolutely. And then remove yourself from the things that you feel like you're struggling with or you could you could potentially struggle with. Yes. Can keep you from stumbling and falling. For sure. I mean, I, th- I think it's real. And I think, you you know, you need we need to recognize that we are human and fallible humans and there's an old man nature fighting against the new Man, the new nature person that's inside of us. Don't forget that it is there and it is real. Um, and it, and if if we are if we are one in Christ, so, so like so if this has freed me some in this to help me be transparent and authentic. Because you always worry about what people are going to think about you, right? Yes. Everybody is all the time. Some of us more than others. Um, notice I threw myself in that category. Um, if 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 God himself has accepted you, right? Mm-hmm. So through Jesus Christ, if God himself, the Godhead, through the blood of Jesus, has adopted you as a son or a daughter, mm-hmm. you are an heir to the throne, you have everything that he has, it's irrevocable, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. point of an adoption. You know, we don't can't go into that right now. Yes. But, but so you have, in other words, through Jesus, you have been fully approved, by mm-hmm. God, then if that's the case, you could actually be real and transparent with everybody else because it's whether they approve of you completely or not, what difference does it make yes. if the king of the world approves of you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's very and it true. frees you up and mm-hmm. lets you be who you are. Like, you may not like everything about me. You might think that I'm stupid or my accent's weird, but that's okay. We can work through that because yeah. the king of all kings approves of me. You yes. know what I mean? Um, it, it, it just changes the game. That's yeah. freed me up a whole lot, a whole lot in this whole thing of, mm-hmm. you know, being who you are. Um, yes. You know, I don't know where else I was going with that. I think I'm kind of lost. <laughs> no, no, no. You, anyway, th- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you were flowing with the I great. just roll with it on <laughs> no, that. <laughs> I, I think it shows like the God, even in our things that we don't like about ourselves or things we're weak in or things that people point out about us, it, it shows that, you know, God can use those. He does. And, and, and use them for strengths and reach people that we couldn't imagine reaching. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, I've been doing this for a long time. He uses this transparency and authenticity of our struggles way more than he uses us polished up 
and in our areas of victory. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have some areas of victory. I have some areas that I kill at it. I'm mm-hmm. out killing it in those areas. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I and I didn't used to, but I do now. And it's not really an issue anymore because there's been maturity and there's been growth there. And, and I'm killing in those areas. But then there's other areas where I have some serious struggles. And mm-hmm. I have, and some of them have been there a long time. And so there's victories there too, but not as much. And there's some serious struggles. If I'm real about those struggles... He uses those way more with other people mm-hmm. than he does my polished up victories. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like where where I am weak, he is strong, mm-hmm. right? You know, in in our in our weaknesses is where we can boast about him even more. I mean, that's the whole point, whole thought, right? Yes. So, you know, that's the key. I mean, and I, and I would say, um, and I've had to do this. If you are sitting here listening to this right now, and there is a failure going on. There is a significant hidden sin happening in your life right now, um, and you know it. And so you're going, how can I be transparent because that's there? I'm telling you, the key to it all, the key to this thing, the key to God healing that, fixing that, whatever comes from it, the key to it is is be honest about it right now. Yes. Like open up about it right now. Mm-hmm. And when you go and you tell your spouse what's going on inside of you or what you've been doing, um, or you tell your leader or your accountability partner or whatever it is, right? Don't hold nothing back. Yes. Lay it all out there. You do not leave one thing unturned. I've done that before. I was doing, I did some stuff. And when I told Valerie about it, well, she actually found out about it. When I told, and I've, I've told this on a podcast too, you got to go way back, like <laughs> episodes like four, five, six or something where, um, the audio ain't no good and you have to turn the volume up. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, Valerie found out about it and I had to confess and be honest. And I was honest about all of it except for one piece. Mm. And I kept it hidden. And what the enemy will do through that, if you don't fully lay it out there, what the enemy will do is he will take that one little thread of darkness that you left and he'll begin to grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it. And then now, that next big thing that now you got to tell it's now bigger than it ever could have like it's now overshadows the whole thing yes right that one little thread of of deceit lie you know avoidance whatever it is you know what i mean like when you you know when you don't tell the whole truth you're still lying yeah i'm teaching my one of my kids that right now mm-hmm. right i didn't lie daddy well you did not you did you you kept a piece of information yeah I told the truth about everything else. I just didn't tell that. I didn't tell the whole thing. Well, that's lying by omission, right? If you're omitting something, you're still lying because it's not the full whole truth, right? So you tell the whole thing. You lay it all out there. Don't you give – he don't need no room. Don't give him no no extra room to work, right? That's what we call a foothold. Mm-hmm. You know, when you leave that little thing there and now it's hidden, now you are already, you can't go back because you get stuck. You can't go back and be honest about it because you left that one piece out and she or whoever felt like you were really honest about it all, but you kept it. And so now the enemy's got this stronghold. He just starts to lock into it. Boy, a foothold is what yes. the scripture calls it, right? He's got a toe in, right? Mm-hmm. And he's locked into it and he becomes like kudzu in that. And it's just locked in at that moment. And don't do it. You don't need no other room to work. Don't give him yes. no more tools. You know, and so late, if you find yourself right now in that position, I'm telling you from a man with experience, a pastor with experience, you lay the whole truth out there because transparency and authenticity is all God is looking for from us. Mm-hmm. All he's looking for, what's he looking for? 
heart, true heart. Yes. In spirit, worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth, in every piece of our full hearts. And so, you know, if you find yourself in that position right now, I'm just telling you, I know you don't want to. Believe me, I understand. But lay it all out there and don't hold a, don't hold a thread of it back. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can move forward in narrowing that gap between your front stage, whatever that looks like for you, yes. and your backstage. And, you know, and towards a healing process that can happen. Um, but that's, that's my secret. Yeah. I went all over the oh, place. It's good stuff, though. <laughs> went all over the place. Um, you know, I, if I recap real quick, <laughs> transparency and authenticity mm-hmm. and listen to your wife. Yes. Right? That's good. Listen to your that's wife. That's good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> what episode are we on? 98? Yeah, 98. Right. <laughs> that's it of 98. <laughs> that was number three in the... Questions from a rookie yep, pastor yep, to a veteran pastor. Yep, all um, of the 12 questions we're going to do. Yeah. So we had three. We got one more coming up next episode. Y'all make sure you check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. And then probably all the places you can. All get the your, places you can. Yeah, yep. Spotify and Spotify all and Apple's where the podcast yes. is. You obviously know at least one of them are you not. You're listening because you're listening yeah. to one of the one right now. <laughs> um, and then, you know, give us a rate, give us a review, share the content. Um, and ask us questions. Use the social media to ask questions or whatever it may be there for you. We'd love to be able to answer them. Look, this is about the fact that walking with Jesus is a messy walk. It is. We do not have this together. The whole reason this podcast exists is yet another way that I could be transparent and authentic to keep any moral failures from happening, mm-hmm. right? This is this is the whole reason this podcast is here. So. <laughs> Um, ask and we'd love to be able to answer your questions about anything. You know, people ask theology questions. People ask, uh, you know, just general spiritual discipline questions. People ask, you know, questions about how to deal with hard people or stuff like we're talking about today. So feel free to ask us all you want. The next podcast. That's exactly right. We'll take them because look, we ain't that good at planning this thing. So we'll take all the help we can get. (laughs) All right. I'll see you later. See you later. All right, man. You have a good one. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.